were a kid in the late 80s or early 90s, you saw, you loved, and you cried at the great and obviously theological accurate movie, All Dogs Go to Heaven. I mean, that is a traumatic kids movie, isn't it? Do you remember this? Where you follow this beloved dog, Charlie, as he is murdered by his former friend, he goes to heaven only to decide that he's going to return to earth to exact revenge on his murderer. I mean, man, just because it's an animated movie and it's about dogs, all of a sudden it makes that story okay for kids? You know, when Charlie goes to heaven, it's depicted as this place in the clouds with jewel-lined roads filled with singing and where the dogs are taking naps on clouds all day. Growing up, I had a really skewed view of heaven, as probably a lot of us did, you know, from movies like this and TV shows and just bad theology, maybe neglectful teaching in the church. You know, the stereotypical disembodied souls that float around on the clouds and everyone's just singing praise to God all day. And as a kid, I remember that that did not sound appealing to me at all. With all the fun that there was to be had in the world, with my bicycle, with my Nintendo, with my friends, with my baseball cards, I didn't want to leave and go to heaven singing all day every day for eternity. That sounds horrible. I think that there is still a grave misunderstanding about what heaven is truly going to be like amongst even believers. But I believe that if we had a correct view of the future realities of heaven and hell, it would drastically change our current reality here on earth. Henry David Thoreau said, read not the times, read the eternities. And as Peter continues with the blessings of the Christ follower, he is helping us filter our worldview and our biblical hope through the lens of the eternal blessing of heaven. And so let's begin with verse 3 from last time, and then verse 4, which we'll be focusing on today. First Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4 say, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Two, an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. So let's recap the first four blessings we have access to as Christ followers from last time. Number one, God's great mercy, which is the primary blessing that leads to all other blessings. Number two, we're born again. We are made brand new into, number three, a living hope. A hope that is thriving and alive because Jesus is alive through his, number four, resurrection. And as a result of those blessings, we are given two blessings in the life to come. First, an inheritance. Maybe you've received an inheritance. When someone dies, they pass down all that belonged to them. Everything that they had now becomes yours. Not because of anything you did other than the relationship that you had with them. An inheritance is unearned but freely given. And likewise, the inheritance we will receive from God was earned only through Christ's death and resurrection and is now given freely to all who make him Lord. And in the context here, it isn't talking about our initial salvation, our new birth. That was already mentioned in the previous verse. Here, our inheritance is talking about our ultimate salvation out of this world, our glorification into heaven when we die. It's referring to all that God is storing up for us in his kingdom of heaven. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 11 through 14 says, In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will 
so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of His glory. In Him, you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. And so Peter says this inheritance is imperishable. It isn't at risk of being lost. It is undefiled. It is pure and lovely. It contains no hint or taint of sin. It is unfading. It will never die away or break. It will be with you forever. And how can Peter make that claim? Because this blessing is being kept by God in heaven, he says. And that's our sixth blessing. Heaven itself Revelation 21.4 says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And this is an unimaginable world to us. And Jesus calls it paradise. 1 Corinthians 2.9 puts it this way, No eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. The Bible describes heaven as a new earth, only a perfect earth, with everything good about the earth magnified to its perfect completion, with none of the imperfection or corruptness. I love Randy Alcorn's book, Heaven, where he dispels much of our misconceptions about heaven, like heaven will not just be a boring 24-7 concert in the clouds. And some of the points he makes that are worth noting is that there will be work to do, just like in the Garden of Eden, God's perfect creation. In heaven, we will serve God and each other. And just as God has emotions, heaven will be a place filled with emotion. It'll be a place of learning. We're not just going to instantly get to heaven and know everything that there is to know. We won't become omniscient. Can you imagine the Bible studies and the sermons that we're going to hear in heaven? There will be joy and pleasure in heaven. It'll be a new earth, so could there be travel? and even entertainment and sports. There will be relaxation. The Bible says there's eating and drinking and banqueting and feasting. While there'll be no marriage, we're going to recognize people and we'll be together with loved ones. But the most important and spectacular reality and blessing of heaven itself is that it is the dwelling place of Jesus Christ. And we will live with him in perfect unity for eternity. Imagine all the longing to go deeper in your intimacy with Christ that you have on this earth gone as you're in the actual presence of the Savior. All your shame over sin disappeared in a place where there is no more sin. All the distractions of this world that get in the way of your walk with God no more as the light of Christ literally lights up the heavens. All of our attention all of our affection, all of our worship will be caught up in Christ, enraptured by His grandeur and enjoying His glory forever. Solomon said in Second Chronicles 2.6, But who is able to build him a house since heaven, even highest heaven, cannot contain him? The blessing of inheritance in heaven. And this is reminiscent of the Israelites wandering in the desert as exiles, waiting for the promised land. It was theirs. God had given it to them, yet they did not have it yet. And in the very same way, 
we are exiles, living in the meantime, already given the promise of our inheritance in heaven, but not obtaining it yet. We are living in the already, but the not yet. Second Peter 3.13 says, According to his promise, we are waiting for the new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. And as we're waiting, believers, may we live today changed by the promised grace and blessing of our future in heaven. And as Paul reminds us in Romans 8, 1, that the sufferings of this present time are not even worth comparing with the glory that's going to be revealed to us. And so next time in verse 5, we're going to see the final four blessings and see how the knowledge of the gospel in the first four blessings and our future hope in heaven in these two blessings change how we live our life today. Until then, let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are powerful and merciful. You are giving and thoughtful. And we thank you for the inheritance that is ours in Christ. Through no work of our own, we praise you for your kingdom in heaven, which you are preparing for us to join you in eternity. Because of these incomparable blessings, may we bless you through our thoughts, words, and our actions today. We pray this in Jesus, our Savior's name. Amen. Thank you.